Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. And on today's show, Gabby and I talk about building a growth mindset for long-term property investing success. We covered a lot of ground in this episode and there's some great insights that I know that you're going to get out of it. Not just kind of like high level, kind of like theoretical stuff. We actually really break it down and give you some actual practical activities that you can apply in your own life to develop a, uh, to cultivate a growth mindset. So we talk about what is a growth mindset? Why is it important for property investors? We talk about strategies for cultivating a growth mindset in real estate investing and uh, how, how a growth mindset can help investors handle setbacks and challenges. We also talked about the benefits of a growth mindset. We use some examples of where people have applied this in their life um, and also the role of having the right support system and the right team around you to help give you the perspective that you need to develop a growth mindset. A few techniques for staying on track and plus the impact of a growth mindset on your long-term property investing success. So if any of that sounds like the kind of thing you're into, then this is a fantastic episode for you. So um, make sure that you like, rate, review, share, hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube there and make sure you share this with a friend, family member or loved one if you find it valuable. And that being said, let's get stuck right into it and I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. Joining me once again, Gabby, how are you? I'm excellent. I feel like I always end up dancing with my hands and do like jazz hands. Hello, good morning. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Everyone's got to have some kind of an entrance. You're like, you know, like WR, you, you need a bit of a theme song to go with it because that's like, you know, you see that on the WWE, they always mm. have like an entrance where they do a little bit of a, some kind of like strut that's or true. they've got some kind of body movement going on with a bit of, with a bit of music as well. So I think you need to maybe just think about, well, we can get some kind of like jingle to go along with the, the, um, the jazz hands. How does that sound? Yeah, that's true. People ask about like morning routines, but I really think it's about like wrestling entrance. That's really, <laughs> that's really where the pros are at. <laughs> wake up and like imagine if, you, imagine if you could like Total set domination. that up like if you had like a sonos in your house yeah yeah imagine if you had <gasps> like a sonos that. set up in your house right so let's say your alarm goes off your alarm goes off at like let's just say it gets, goes off at 4 a.m and it takes you like i don't know let's say it takes you like five minutes to get out of bed or whatever but by, if you can time it so at the moment when you like walk into the rest of the house your theme tune comes on and you can just like you know run in there like you're running into the stadium run over to the coffee yes. machine Imagine yep. that. What a yep. way to get what a way to get primed for the day. Co- coincidentally, for the last couple of weeks, I have had for any wrestling fans, I've had Triple H's theme song in my head for like three weeks. So I feel like that would be like perfect, like time to play the game. What? And then it's like, just do that for like a minute and then you set up for the rest of the day. <laughs> Good, good start to the episode. Hello, the fact that Welcome. you even know, the fact oh, I know that many. you even know, I know many. Triple H's theme song. It's all about the game. Oh my god! And how you play I did not know this. I did six years, six years in, and I did not know this about you. What is going on? I asked you a question about wrestling last night. I think it was just like, did you ever watch it? And you're like, yes, I know who Batista is. I was like, okay, end of that conversation. Whereas I wanted to be like, oh, do you know this person? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's no, but he was in a movie. He was in a movie <laughs> that we were watching. Movie. I thought it was relevant to like, I thought you were thinking like, who's this big, hulky, kind of like weird looking dude? And I'm like, yes. yeah, 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 he's an ex-wrestler or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. I looked at him, I was like, he's very familiar. Anyway, we're not here to talk about wrestling. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, crikey. Anyway. Well, we're not here to talk about wrestling, although it is definitely a fun topic, but it is definitely a fun topic. Um, 
we are here to talk about building a growth mindset for long-term property investment success. I mean, you could mm-hmm. argue that that is a pretty good segue because, you know, I don't think that you could become a WWE star without having a growth mindset. You've got to, you've got to aim big and go and achieve the big, big stuff in order to try and do that. You've got to have a certain mindset to be able to achieve that. So, you know, let's take, we'll, t- we'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll use that. We'll use that. We'll leverage that. But I also what I think talk, like what I want to talk setting about your own theme music. Talk, that's part of having a really awesome growth mindset, right? If you're like, I am going to enter the world every day with this dramatic pump up scene. Let's go. <laughs> that works. That works. That is a good priming <laughs> exercise, particularly if you combine it with like d- jumping into like an ice bath or something like that. Like you've got some big, mm. and you jump into an ice bath. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'll change the settings on our Sonos. That'll be our weekend. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about building a growth mindset for long-term property investing, investing success? Do you want to? Do I that? do, of course. Do you want to talk about wrestling? Let's do that. <laughs> They're the same thing. <laughs> All right, let's do that because <laughs> it, because I think it's super important, right? Um, particularly as we've seen over the last few years. And look, you know, I don't I don't want to keep beating the same drum, but like. You hear lots of negative news in the media. Lots of people get a bit freaked out by, what, by stuff that's going on. But what I consistently see is that some people act in one way and achieve great levels of success and some people act in another way and stagnate, at best stagnate. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be a really good opportunity to kind of like dig into um, developing a growth mindset, what is a growth mindset, why is it important, all of that kind of stuff because that will give people kind of some frameworks to be able to navigate this kind of stuff better. Because, you know, like interest rates have been going up, you know, maybe the, who knows who knows what's going on, potentially a recession coming, uh, yada, yada, yada. There's always, there's always something. So how do, you then, how do you then kind of flip that on its head and how do you use that to your advantage? That's what I'd like to talk about today. How does that sound? Awesome. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, cool. Gabby, what is a, if I said what is a growth mindset <laughs> to you, how would you respond? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? I think it's really the – it's having the belief that you can improve a situation or improve yourself and that you have control over making something improve in some way, grow in that sense, in contrast with a fixed mindset where you have very – you know, hate saying the words, but like limited beliefs about what is possible and, you know, it just is the way it is and these are the rules and this is how it works. Um, The growth mindset is really having that faith and belief that you can control the situation, your actions and your outcomes. I think that's really what it comes down to. It's that like I can actually make a change here. What do you think it is? How would you define it? Mm. I – Pretty simply, people with a growth mindset see problems as challenges and challenges as opportunities. Mm. That's that's the that's the kind of key chain of of um, you know input and response that I see with people with a growth mindset. So everything that you everything that happens uh, everything that happens around you to you all of that kind of stuff it's just data there is no there is no good or bad or right or wrong there just is and the only thing that gives it meaning is your own perception and so. Everyone is going to experience things in their life which they could choose to receive as, oh, my God, this is a problem. This is bad news. This is not good. You could also take that same piece of data, that same piece of input, and then you can say, okay, what is this? How am I going to choose to process that? 
and what's in it for me? How can this be a good thing? And so that to me specifically defines someone with a growth mindset that they're always looking for like, where, how, can I, how can I turn this into something good and how can I work the upside edge? Um, so that's, that's kind of, and we can kind of dig into all kinds of stuff. What do you think about that definition? Yeah, I love that. And I think like I actually reheard a quote the other day of um, there is no failure, only outcomes. Like it's not possible to fail. You just consistently get some kind of outcome. And so as long as you're consistently learning from that outcome and adapting your approach and keep doing that, you don't fail. Failure doesn't exist. You just keep getting different outcomes. And so it's consistently working towards something until you get the outcome that you desire being, quote, success in some in some fashion. So it's that like do something, take an action, assess what happened, learn from it, adapt your approach and keep that cycle going. I think that's like and that's a big what we've seen, a big fundamental difference of people that have success in life and in you know in in property as well because you're not always going to on paper win but you're always going to get an outcome you're always going to succeed at getting an outcome so i think having that mindset of like okay i'm going to keep adapting until i get an outcome that i want yeah 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 no i love that and it's also about like what is the definition of success as well right because you know the thomas thomas edison i'm i'm going to butcher it completely but it's like you know, when he hadn't invented the light bulb, he's like, I haven't found, I haven't failed at inventing the light bulb. I've just found whatever it is, a thousand or whatever it was, um, ways that haven't worked yet. And so looking at all of those um, opportunities, looking at all of those situations as opportunities, not like I did a thing and it failed, therefore I suck. It's like I did a thing, then another thing happened. That's interesting. What can I do with that data? Okay, yeah. apply that to the next thing and, and keep moving forward fundamentally i think that underpins how the people with the big the most the, like that are growth minded um think about things you know and they're also willing like ready willing and able in fact proactively ready willing and able to find the edge in where other people are seeing negativity so for example um someone we know actually um i uh, i was interacting with them the other day they they since the start of the rate rising cycle when most property investors were like, oh my God, interest rates are going up. Uh, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should invest. I think yeah. they bought seven properties. They bought seven properties. Ooh. Nice. Whilst whilst the interest rates are going up. Yeah, cool. That is someone to me that has a growth mindset. And the reason they did that is because they had a plan and they were sticking to the plan and they were just like, that's fine. These, this is just inputs. I'm going to choose to interpret it however I want to interpret it, and I'm going to stick to my plan, and I'm going to achieve my goals regardless of the kind of of the external stimulus, so to speak. Which I think is I think is awesome, right? And the, the reality is, in real estate, it's never it's never gonna be a straight upward line. Like everyone kind of thinks buy real estate and it just goes up and to the right. If you have a graph of growth and returns, it just goes up and to the right. It doesn't. It goes broadly speaking up and to the right, but in the middle it goes up and down and sideways and or it does a couple of loop the loops a few times, maybe a corkscrew in there as well and then and then continues on its way. And so but and then even below that you're also going to have challenges on a like an individual property level. You know, you could buy a property and you could be like, oh, cool, I've just bought this property. How great. And then a month later, oh, the air conditioner breaks. Okay, fair enough. And then a month after that, 
something else breaks. And then a month after that, something else breaks. And so for a lot of investors can then start to be like, oh my God, this is terrible. Look at all these things that are happening to me. I bought this property. It's not working. It's a dud. It's taking money, yada, yada. And they're going to kind of like a negative, they're going to a negative loop around around these kind of like the little things, right? And I think one of the, I think one of the biggest you know, one of the stupidest phrases that I think people get drilled into them at a young age is take care of the pennies and let the pounds take care of themselves, which basically means, right, sweat the small stuff. It basically means like <laughs> count every little penny, make sure you like, like, oh, don't spend much. Like if you take, take care of the little little things, right, the big stuff will take care of itself. I actually think, I think the exact opposite, like the polar opposite. If you have little things, that are bothering you in your life, the problem is you haven't thought big enough and acted big enough. You know, I, mm-hmm. I look. There's been situations in our in our business where you know I'll, I'll, rem- I'll, I'll talk about a specific conversation. Right, we've got a pretty large team. We use Zoom as a platform to communicate with the team. Our, our the cost of users for Zoom is is pretty large compared to like what most people are used to. And I remember somebody saying, "Oh my God, look, look Zoom's costing." whatever, however much a month, oh, what should we do? And I was like, instead of worrying about how much Zoom costs, let's just grow the business such that we never, <laughs> ever, ever have to have a conversation about how much Zoom costs ever again. Like, yeah. just just get bigger. Like, if you have a problem in the pennies section, then you've got a bigger problem in the freaking pounds section. And so yep. that, I think, is is how people should be thinking about flipping this on its head. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's so interesting and it's such a good point. It's like I think if you put on like the entrepreneurial hat as well, which I think a lot of property investors, if you can think that way, it does become about that bigger vision and not getting caught up in the in the semantics. Obviously, like details matter and like if you – it doesn't mean like be frivolous with spending or not worry about costs at all, but it's just about understanding like is that worth my time and energy to over there versus these other more important things and ways that I can be thinking about that? And I think with like the growth mindset, I was just thinking something that you and I actually like my my mom actually picks on us because we constantly say the word interesting. Like we will hear a story or some kind of news and we'll be like, interesting. Well, that's so interesting. I think I even started this, what I was saying with like, that's interesting. (laughs) And that's, I think that's like a fundamental thing that we have trained into us of developing that growth mindset because it comes down to you think about the concept of interesting. It's like you have heard a piece of data, some interesting information and gone, there is something in there that I can learn. There's something fascinating, something that I can take away. Okay, this situation happened and then this was the outcome. So what can I learn about the strategy that went into that and how did it have the outcome that I wanted? Not quite. How can I adapt my strategy moving forward or what went into that situation for another person? And it's like, I think that's just how... I do think that's a big part of how you and I have developed this strategic mindset is that having a curiosity. And I think as a little hack, it might be something that people could start to implement, just start implementing the language of like, that's interesting. I love that because language really matters Mm -hmm. because what you say is what you think and what you think is what you are. And so the more that you can shift the language that you use, the the more that you're going to shift the way you respond to the data that you receive. So Absolutely. for example, just on that point, just just on that point around like the using of the term interesting, I also <laughs> there's there's a phrase, I can't remember when I started doing it, but I definitely I definitely consciously I, I, like I I happens automatically um, but I also register it at the same time 
when I receive uh, when I receive data, which some people might be like, oh my God, this is bad. Oh my God, we've got a big problem. Oh my God, this thing's broken. Oh my God. You know, like something that you could, 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 could be like, oh my God, this is going to be tough. My response is almost always, hmm, that is suboptimal. <laughs> you it's did not say that. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's suboptimal. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not a problem. It's just like if I looked at on looked at it on the spectrum of like, is this in equilibrium? Hmm. Is this optimal or is this suboptimal? Right. And so if you think about it in that context, it then it detaches it from being a problem. Yeah. Right. And you then just get to look at it. Okay, well, where does this sit on where does this sit on a spectrum of things? And then how do I bring that closer back to you know, the kind of equilibrium or turn it into an optimal kind of outcome. And so taking that phrase, receiving the data and the input, and then saying, okay, huh, that's interesting. Hmm, that's suboptimal. Okay. So given that that current piece of data indicates to me that the performance of that specific topic is suboptimal to where the desired outcome is, what actions could be taken to return that to optimal capability? And that is a really interesting way to kind of like reframe your language around it. It certainly shifted things for me. I don't, I don't call things problems anymore. I don't see problems, yeah. right? And and I don't want to say that in a kind of like, I don't see problems. I only see opportunities. It's like no, I don't see problems. <laughs> I, I I clock things and I go, okay, is that is that where we want it to be, or is it not where we want it to be? And if it's not where we want it to be, then it's suboptimal. Then we've got an opportunity to turn that into an optimal thing. If something's already optimal, then that's cool because you probably don't need to do much with it. Um, and so I think just kind of shifting that language is critical to developing a growth mindset. And, and again, all of this is geared to kind of set you up to have um, more uh, a more balanced, you know, a more regulated emotional state as you go through the journey of investing. Rather than being on a roller coaster, and so me personally, I've said it multiple times before, investing in shares, I have an interest in it because I'm interested in business. But when it actually comes to share investing, I am I'm like I'm like every completely emotional novice investor. The shares go up, I think I'm like some rock star. <laughs> the shares go down, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. And I. I it, for me, I'm like, okay, don't play that game. But in the game of actual business and real estate, my emotional regulation is like, I actually don't care. Like, I'm like, if it goes up, great. If it goes down, great. Like, all good. Just keep marching forward on your trajectory and keep continuously iterating until you get to your desired destination. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that suboptimal so, language, I think, because a lot of people would say like, oh, that sucks. And when you say like, that sucks, that's their mindset of, you are using the language to describe something as negative, whereas if you can say like that's suboptimal, it's comparing it to what is optimal, and it's like factually, it is less than optimal. So <laughs> that's it's a fact. Whereas sucks is objective. When do you think you do you think you consciously started implementing that language into your vocabulary, or do you think you it, it was in, in itself an adaption to you know learning, adapting your approach, testing different outcomes? Well, yeah, specifically the suboptimal thing. I can't remember when I started using it, but I'm pretty sure it was a conscious choice. And mm. the conscious choice was about removing some of that negative language. Um, and without any degree of hyperbole at all, whenever challenges arrive, it has gotten to the point where, where 
very quickly after I receive that data, I see the opportunity in it or I get excited by that. And so, but that's been a process of change, right? That's been a process of development of a growth mindset because you weren't, I was not born that way, right? And a few, and a few years ago, that wasn't the case. But it, it is an iterative process. And the more that you can change the language you, you use with yourself, you get more that you're going to change your outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think everything is a choice. <laughs> everything, everything is a choice, particularly when it comes to how you're perceiving the data around you. Mm. Given, given, you know, given that there is like it, it is literally within your capability to define your reality based on the way that you um, perceive your reality. And it, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's critical to get, get the language patterns right. Yeah. And I just think from a, you know, from a case study perspective, it's interesting from you applying, you consciously applying different language however many years ago. And now you're in a situation where you could, you automatically have a different opportunistic response to things. Like you see the upside and the potential and the growth opportunities off the back of something. And that's come from consciously changing your language and the way that you look at things. So I think it's just, it's, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's super interesting, but you know what? Um, a lot and a lot of people are going to be sitting there thinking like, huh, that seems like pretty too, uh, too hard. Like it's a, it's a big shift to make. And so mm-hmm. I think that one of the most important things that people can do to start to change their frame of reference is to um, seek out alternative perspectives. And when I say seek out alternative perspectives, what you want to start thinking about is um, who's in your support system and who's in your support network and who, you, who are you taking advice from. For real estate investors, for our clients, for example, right? the fact that they have a reference, a frame of reference, which is either this podcast, <laughs> you know, for example, or the team at Dashdot or whatever, uh, they have... Yeah, like yeah. from from that because mindset, very- like being around people who have like total faith that we're going in the right direction, it change it completely changes. You're like, oh, okay, adapt, grow, see the opportunity. But the thing is, it's not blind faith, right? It's not mm. blind faith. It's not just like, yeah, yeah, everything's going to be great, woohoo! Let's all, you know, sail into the sun. Um, it's it's not that at all. But it's you, you in order to get a better perspective, you need to get a better better frame of reference, and so having people that you can go to who have the capability to cut through the noise and to who have become more emotionally regulated on a specific topic that makes a big that makes a big difference right and so that applies not just in real estate but it implies applies in loads of ways so for example let's say let's say you um you are feeling sick let's say you've got some kind of an ailment and then you start researching it on the internet and then you come up with some idea that you've 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 got some incurable disease right and you can st- you can get really anxious about it you can get really oh my god this thing's happened to me oh my god and you can get really stressed out that then starts to affect the rest of your worldview but then if you change your frame of reference or if you seek out another a, a reference shift you might go and speak to a specialist or a GP or whatever who says no 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 that is just this and in fact all you need to do is drink more water right and you go oh my god and I love when that happens instantly yeah <laughs> it's usually drink more water it's usually that um, <laughs> get some sunlight get some magnesium <laughs> so, <water. laughs> rest sun, get out of the house <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that can really shift your perspective. And so seeking out that network of people in the relevant areas is actually really, really important. And so, you know, like personally, I do that. I do, I've got mentors and coaches and all kinds of stuff in multiple, in multiple different areas of my life for that exact reason so that I can say, hey, I'm, 
I'm perceiving this bit of data in this way. Can you help me develop a different perspective on that data? And mm-hmm. invariably they do and invariably that helps me grow a lot faster, you know, and, and growth is personal, business, real estate, all of that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's, and I think the pursuit of growth is I think one of the most fun things ever. And so you can sharpen that sword just by seeking out those different perspectives. So I do it all the time. And I think that, that people can then apply this now and go, okay, well, am I feeling Am I feeling um, distressed? And this is like a head check for you. If you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, ask yourself, okay, draw a couple of circles or draw, draw a couple of columns, right? And you can break it down into like personal, you could break it down into real estate, you could whatever. But let's just focus on real estate for the moment for the purposes of the podcast, right? And you could say, okay, is there anything about real estate investing that I currently feel stressed about? Is it interest rates are going up? Is it um, I think the property market might be going to crash? Is it um, something's happening with my tenants? Is it, um, you know, because what these, a lot of these negative inputs can start to compound into is start to compound into things like a sense of feeling of failure, a sense of feeling like you're out of control, a sense of feeling like you, you're unable to achieve your goals. Now, if you're feeling, if you, if you resonate with any of that kind of stuff, if you just clock yourself, have a little think and go, is there anything about real estate investing right now that is causing me to feel stress or anxiety? And if the answer is yes, then what you should, and then you can, uh, then you can do some self work and say, okay, is there a way that I could change my perspective on any of those situations? So you can then start to apply this kind of stuff. Now, what is the opportunity there? How could I, um, how could I think differently about this to turn it into a positive thing? Or you can seek out an alternative perspective. So you could be like, huh, okay, maybe I should go speak to someone else. Maybe I should go speak to someone else who is a professional in the space, right? So, for example, you could speak to the team at Dashdot. You could seek out somebody who has already walked the path before you. So maybe you know some. Maybe you've got one investment property, and you know someone who's got three, and they've been in, you've been investing for one year, and they've been investing for five. For example, you might be able to go to them and say, "Hey, uh, I'm freaking out a little bit here. I've bought one property, and this kind of thing's happening. And and can I get some? Can I get some perspective? And then they can give you their perspective, and they can share with you probably what they can see from a little bit further down the road, which is going to make things a little easier. Because half of the fear comes from not being able to see around the corners. And so if you can find someone who can see around the corner for you, that is going to let you know what your position is on the path to your goals versus saying, oh my God, up ahead is a corner. I don't know what's around that corner. It could be a cliff and I could die versus someone who's standing at the corner looking down the road and saying, no, no, just around this corner, it's straight and it's clear and there's no one on it. You just need to hurry up and turn the corner and you're going to be sweet. And so getting those perspective shifts by building the network of people around you to give you that capability I think is essential. Yeah, absolutely. And I think an important part of what you just like kind of where you started there was actually the having some kind of, I don't want to say practice, I can't think of another word, not a habit, but starting to reflect in yourself and your state and your strategies and actually taking the time to do that. And we've touched on this before, so I don't want to harp on about it a lot, but that's the that's where you can learn to adapt. Like this is kind of where the growth mindset comes into place. It's it's you reflecting on what has happened recently or over however long a period ago, reflecting on what happened, what was my input to the situation, what strategies did I do, what were the outcomes, how would I adapt? It's taking that time to really do that. And so if that sounds intimidating, if you're like, what do I even ask, feel free to, we obviously, we're, we 
live and breathe this stuff. So if you want to reach out on social media or on emails, we're happy to happy to chat with anyone about it. Um, but also, if that sounds intimidating, you go you can go down the route of you know coaches and building communities of like minded people and that kind of side of things as well because you can perhaps ask other people questions that encourage your own self-reflection a little easier if the thought of you sitting there doing it on your own sounds scary because it is for some people when you don't know where to start um, then yeah definitely the the coaching community kind of route is uh totally totally worth it for changing your changing your mindset about things yeah and it's critical i think I love that. And I think this is critical, by the way, in making sure that you can achieve your long-term goals, right? Because what can happen when you're not in a growth mindset, and another way of saying that is you're probably slightly emotionally dysregulated and you're probably reactive, right, rather than proactive. And you're probably, you know, feeling like you're on a roller coaster versus feeling like you're cruising down the freeway in a Rolls Royce, right? It's nice and solid. That can cause people to make short-term decisions. So for example... You might, going back to the example I used earlier, you might buy a property and be like, yeah, yeah, cool, but it's a nice property. And then a month in, something breaks. And a month later, something breaks. And a month later, something breaks. And a month later, something breaks. And you could turn around and say, oh, this is all terrible. Property investing sucks. And I'm not going to invest in any more properties. In fact, this is terrible because my returns are getting corroded. So I'm going to sell the property. You could do something like that. I know people do it, right? This is not just making stuff up. Like people, people are like, oh my God, friction. <laughs> ah, friction means pain, which it doesn't, and but they associate it with that. And pain means I should leave, which you shouldn't. Usually, you should lean in, and so they, they it can cause people to either stop or retreat from their goals, right? Which is short term thinking. I don't know an investor that has held properties for twenty or thirty years that regrets holding properties for twenty or thirty years, or that's invested for twenty or thirty years and it regrets investing for twenty or thirty years, right? And so. And to assume that they didn't face the same kind of challenges along the way is completely ridiculous, <laughs> right? And so, so if you can cast your mind forward and say, is this the kind of thing that I'm going to care about in 10 years' time? I do this all the time because guess what? We've got, we've got properties and guess what? That example that I've been giving of like things break, we've got a property and I love the property, like awesome yield, great location. It's a firecracker. <laughs> but God... It feels like it feels like something in there. Uh, okay, the air conditioner needs to be serviced. Ah, uh, there's a some something's you know happened to the chimney. Whatever. It feels <laughs> like there's something like reg- regularly. <laughs> chimney. It's 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 true. But like, but what's interesting about that is my the way that I receive that is not. Let me count up all of the different bills that we've gotten and try and triangulate whether this has gone from a good to a shit investment. It's not that at all. It is literally like, okay, am I even going to remember this or care about this in one year, mm-hmm. two years, five years, or 10 years? And in fact, if I fast forward five years from now, am I confident that the returns I'm going to get from the asset will basically make all of this kind of stuff null and void anyway and I won't, I won't have a care in the world? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes... Just move on. Just get on with it. Yep. Stick to your plan. And this is kind of looping back to the idea of like don't 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 count your pennies and right and just like focus on the pounds. Like focus on okay, well, what do I need to do to make this okay? Yeah. And it all comes back to context, right? Like if you are maintaining the context, like if you've got a property, the thing with buying established properties, like we do, a lot of people go, uh, oh, this is gonna be a lot of maintenance, blah, blah, blah. But the 
when you have the context of the collective upside of that choice of investment, when you have that in context as you are looking at all of the different expenses that are popping up for that property, then you're like, okay, this is just the cost of doing this and this is just data and let's just adapt and do the thing and get it done and move on because the upside is still worth it. With the context as well, I think people, there's an emotional element where people the context of what else is happening in your life and your emotional state in other things that are going on that affect that. Because I know that when we're really busy, which is most of the time with the businesses, um, when you get those consistent messages coming in about the properties, if you're having a really stressed out day and you get that information, you're going to apply that stress to the data that's coming in. And that doesn't actually reflect accurately the situation of that data coming in, you're overlaying your current state into that situation. And if you are stressed out that day, you might look at it and go, screw it, this property is too many expenses, let's just get rid of it, it's not worth it, blah, 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 blah. And then you might end up making a mistake that is making a decision that is not actually in line with, as you said, that long-term vision. You're getting caught up in the, I'm having a bad day and this is just more information that's coming in and landing that means that I've made the wrong decision there, so I'm going to let that go. Whereas if you try to not let that catch up with you, try to segment your emotional states between different things and go, okay, objectively is how is this asset performing? Don't apply my emotion to it. Don't just focus on the cost. Think about the upside as well. Um, so I just think that's like an important thing about context. Absolutely love that. I absolutely love that, Gabby. I also want to. I also want to talk about um, some practical ways that people can cultivate their growth mindset on a day to day basis mm-hmm. if they want to improve their growth mindset. Um, so I've got a couple of. I've got a couple of um, little exercises that I can kind of give to people Ooh, right now. Cool. Uh, and then we can kind of talk about them. What do you think about that? Cool. Okay, awesome. So a couple of exercises if you want to cultivate a growth mindset. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, I hadn't pre-planned this. This is like whilst we've been on this podcast, I was like, okay, how can we put this in action? Um, But these are real genuine things that um, I do. Uh, And again, a lot of the stuff that I do, it's it's automatic for me. So I was like, okay, well, how would I – if somebody came to me and they said, how would I develop a better growth mindset? How would I get myself out of this – out of this kind of like um, limited belief kind of state. And in fact, we could probably talk a little bit about limited beliefs, Gabby, as well, if you, if you want, because I think that's a really interesting topic. I meant to anchor back to that earlier. So I'm going to, here's two exercises you can do. So the first thing is there are three uh, categories that you should be journaling on each day, thoughts, feelings, and actions. And so if each day, each morning or each night, depending on your preference, my preference is the morning. Some people, some people prefer the evening. Um, by the time it gets to the evening, I can't think clearly. So uh, for me, it's the morning. So if you write down uh, what are your thoughts, and your thoughts can be anything, right? Literally just write them all down. And thoughts are the words that are in your head, okay? Fe- and then write down all of your feelings. And so your feelings are the things that you feel in your body. So that could be a stiff neck, <laughs> Right? It also could be anxiety or it could be any of these other kind of things. Like, so what are the kind of like, so you have your thoughts, then your, then your feelings and then your actions, right? And if you journal those kind of things each day, that is going to start to clear your mind. So what you're able to do then is you're able to then start to see patterns in your thoughts. Okay, what are the things that are swirling around in my mind? And rather than them swirling around in your mind, you get to then take them out of your mind 
crystallize them on the on the page. You can do it digitally. You can do it on a paper, pen and paper, whatever it is that works for you best, right? You get to crystallize them and identify them and isolate them and turn them from swirling kind of just like randomized kind of stuff into something that you can then isolate. Then you can also correlate your your thoughts with your feelings, okay? Maybe if you're feeling very negative and then also you've got a headache and all of this kind of stuff, maybe you've actually got some bodily stuff you need to work on. Maybe it's gut health, maybe it's dehydration and all that kind of stuff. So you get to kind of like see, okay, well, what do I need to optimize in my thoughts and what do I need to optimize in my body to make myself feel better? And then actions. So actions is literally writing down what are the things you need to do today, which could be like, I need to go to work, I need to do this stuff. But then also, what actions can you take to improve your thoughts and your feelings? So for example, you might, you might say um, in your feelings, you might, you might write, I've got a headache and I feel like I've got brain fog today. And so then you could put in your actions, you could say, well, what am I going to do about that? So what I'm going to do today to help with my headache is I'm going to try drinking um, 500 mils of water every hour or every two hours or whatever it is. Um, and I'm going to go for, a walk, go for a long walk outside so I can clear my mind or, or whatever. Right? So you can start to then align those things. Now, that might seem quite simple, but if you do that every day, what starts to happen is you start like it, it just it builds a process in your body for taking all of these thoughts, feelings, and actions, processing them, and it starts to happen automatically. So that is activity number one that you can take home and you can start to apply in your own life. Love it. Can I just comment activity, on that before you go to what, number two? <laughs> Go. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to just make a slight tweak to that because there's actually a difference between cool. feelings and emotions. So feelings are what you experience consciously. Ooh. So feelings are the how you feel about a situation. So like I feel anxious consciously, like my brain is racing or it's the meaning that you apply to things. I feel stressed out. I feel happy, sad, blah, 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 versus emotions is the physical feeling, what you feel it's the it's the physical emotion that you feel within your body and i think that's an important distinction because they can often be different because your mind will tell you things consciously to try and keep you safe so it will tell you you feel anxious because you're in this situation that we feel uncomfortable with i'm going to tell you that you feel anxious so that you're more cautious about your actions whereas if you actually felt in your body you're like no i actually feel okay in my body because I know I feel that a lot. A lot of my language sometimes is I will say, I'm feeling anxious. But when I actually check in with my body, I'm like, oh, I feel okay. <laughs> Do I feel like my that's, heart racing? That's super interesting. That, yeah, so, so wisdom, wisdom begins with the definition of terms, right? And that is super yeah. interesting because the way that I, I agree with you 100%, I'm just like um, the words that I'm using to categorize those two things are slightly different, right? And so because – because what you're saying there is like um, you can feel anxious when in fact that's stress and that's busy thoughts and that's like a sense of like not maybe you've got like a self-worth or a, like I'm not going to complete the kind of thing. To me, that's thoughts. They're the thoughts. They're the mm. things that are in your head, right? And then the feelings, you can have physical sensations of anxiety. So mm -hmm. if you have physical sensations of anxiety, that could be feeling tight in the chest, um, faster heart rate. You could feel like queasy in the stomach. You can have those kind of physical sensations. And so – I think we're saying the same thing, just using slightly different words. Because one, you've got like the, the the things that are kind of in your head, and then you've got the other thing. You've got the things that are in your body, and mm -hmm. those are two different and those are two different distinctions. Is that kind of are we saying the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think ultimately the goal is to 
everyone's goal is like alignment, you know. I hate saying that word, but it's it's enlightenment. Not enlightenment. I'm not going there. It's it's wholeness in terms of you as a person because I think I've heard this quote again recently about like happiness is when your thoughts, your feelings and your actions are the same. So the way that you think, the way that you speak the way that you feel and the way that you act in the world they're all in alignment and they're all in integrity like you are whole and integrity in yourself um and so i think that's why these kind of exercises are so impactful because you can actually pull apart which of those elements is out of alignment with each other because the goal is for them to all kind of be the same thing and to be integrity so that you're not internally contradicting yourself so for me personally, like I can do the mindset stuff. I can tra- like I've trained my thoughts pretty well. I can train my emotional state. But for me, my focus is actually on the action and to actually putting things in place. So for me at the moment, my focus is like I, I'll do these thoughts. I come up with a bunch of ideas. But historically, a gap that I've had is actually like building the strategy and actually implementing the strategies. So that for me and like these kind of exercises is where I'm focusing. I'm like, okay. You know, like you mentioned the drinking water thing. I've put in a strategy in my calendar, set alarms for drinking more water because I could identify an idea, whereas historically that might have been a gap. I might have been like, oh, yeah, I could do this and here's an idea and this is how we could achieve it. Um, So it's kind of I think part of this is identifying where your biggest room for improvement is. And so that becomes a growth mindset trainer in itself. It's, It's auditing which area can I focus on uh, right now? 100%. I love that. I love that. I want to talk about the next one. Is that yeah, a good time go. to do that? Number two. You... Okay, let's talk about the next one. So this is this is an interesting one, right? And it actually stems from a practice called Thinking Time. If you want to dig into Thinking Time, uh, read Keith Cunningham's book, uh, The Road Less Stupid. It's kind of the book's a little bit more like for business owners or whatever, but the concepts in it are still pretty good. Or you could just look up some stuff on it. Um, but it kind of stems from that, but specifically adapted to tr- retraining your mindset into a growth mindset specifically for that. So if you are feeling like you're facing some challenges, I want you to write down every single one of those challenges or any single thing in your life that you feel is giving you stress, right? And it could be like interest rates have gone up and my cash flow and my property has gone down. For example, right? It could be um, I'm fighting with my partner and I'm worried that our relationship's um, on the rocks. Whatever it is, I don't care what it is. Write them down. Just write them all down. Maybe you've got one, maybe you've got 10. I don't care. Just write them down. Write down every single thing that when you self assess, you look in your mind and you're like, this is, this is giving me some emotional, causing me some emotional distress in some way. We'll call that your challenge column, okay? So write all those down in your challenges column. And so then what I want you to write next to each one of them is you're going to create another list, right? And you're going to, you're going to write down at least a minimum of five ways each of those challenges has, an, has upside potential or is an opportunity for you, right? Minimum of five, but as many as you can. And so that then is the process and you can't write any negative things. The only thing you can write down is like, and the way to start that prompt is to ask yourself, how is this good for me, right? And so you could say, uh, for example, uh, all right, I'm fighting with my partner and that's causing me a lot of distress. How is this good for me? That is the first part of the prompt. How is this good for me? 
Well, how is this good for me? Well, what this is doing is giving me a really excellent opportunity to practice compassion and patience and to learn how to listen to the other side. Okay, that could be one. Uh, what this is doing, for, how is this good for me? This is good for me because what I'm learning about is I'm learning about characteristics of my partner that I wasn't aware of before and it's giving me an opportunity to work out how, you know, so you can kind of then start to extrapolate on that kind of stuff. You know, for example, let's just say it's like interest rates are going up. How is this good for me? Well, this could be really good for me because what's probably happening is probably a lot of other investors might also be putting this in their like stress emotion type basket. What that means is there could actually be really good opportunities for me to get ahead of the curve in investing and, and start investing in the right place before everybody else comes back into it. So the, the point is, whatever the thing is, write down what it is in its rawest state, then write down a minimum of five. You have to get to at least five ways that it is good for you. So we'll call that turning challenges into opportunities. And then the third step is to write down at least one action, at least one, but as many as you want, at least one action that you could take to to act on that opportunity. So you can then say, okay, the problem is X. How is this good for me? Here are five reasons. Here are five ways that this is good for me. And then here are minimum one thing, one action that I could take for each one of those opportunities to convert that opportunity into an activity and an outcome. That then takes all of this kind of negativity, converts it into upside, and then also crystallizes the fact that you have a choice that you can actively do something about it. That is the critical kind of thing. So you could you can then, for let's just go back to the kind of real estate one. It's pretty high level, right? But interest rates are rising. That's causing me stress. How is, this good, how is this good for me? Well, this is good for me because what it is probably doing is putting the general populace in a state where they might be reconsidering investing, which is great because I might be able to get in ahead of the curve before the market starts to go up when other investors start to enter the market. Okay, what is one action that I can take today to, cat, to, catalyze on that, uh, to capitalize on, on that opportunity? One action that I could take today is I could go speak to a mortgage broker and I could get my borrowing capacity assessment and work out whether or not I can buy another property right now. That could be an action. And so when you do that, you literally, that three-step process takes any problem you have and turns it into an actionable opportunity. What do you think about that, Gabby? I love that. That's an awesome. Guys, if you're listening, this is how you start to develop this growth mindset. It's a really good exercise because it's, we can all pretty easily think of challenges that we're facing or things that we, you know, quote unquote, think suck that were like problems or some situation that we would like to be more optimal. And being able to pull that apart of like, okay, well, how is this good for me? And what is one thing I can do to improve it? Like this is this is the exercise that will help you to start thinking that way. And it's not, you know, it's not just purely trying to brush under the rug anything negative. Like it's not us, you're not trying to make up and put a positive spin on everything just because. It's like genuinely there is upside in any situation and I know sometimes that there's situations where it's really hard to hear that and if you're in that situation where you're like, guys, I'm not in a good situation, it's not actually helpful for me to hear you say, just think positively. We're not actually saying that. We're saying your thoughts create your reality so the way that you think about things means that it's going to dictate the way that you feel about it, the way that you act about it. So training yourself to see the upside and to see the opportunity that's what this kind of stuff is. Like this is trying to help you to move through things and take control and be able to can like create your world essentially. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know what? And it, it it feels a little kind of like un PC in some ways to be like. You can apply this to any situation because you know what? People might have terminal cancer or somebody could be addicted to drugs and living on the street or any of that kind of stuff. And so it can seem a little trite to try and say, yeah, you can kind of do it, but you literally can. <laughs> like you literally can. You can apply this to any situation. And what it will do will crystallize what that opportunity looks like and then what you can do with it. You know, and I can talk like I can talk from that perspective because I've been in some pretty like gnarly kind of life situations with addiction and all kinds of stuff and being able to then explore how is this a good thing and what is the upside from it is super powerful um and so i encourage you to try and apply this to any other any part of your life i think we've um kind of covered quite a lot in this episode gabby what do you think? I think we have. I like giving – I'm glad that you brought up the um, unplanned <laughs> exercises to help people because it's you, you know, and it is one of those things that I think you and I have cultivated over years of, you know, growing businesses, reflecting personal development, uh, the concepts, but then also putting things in place and actually acting and doing things so that you can gain experiences and then learn from it, which I think is a really critical piece. Like I was saying, it's all well and good to come up with the strategies and the ideas, but then unless you put them in place and take the action, you're not going to get the feedback to learn from it to then improve. You're going to have just this good idea sitting on the shelf, but then you're not actually pressure testing that idea until you put it in place and then get the feedback. So, um, yeah, these kind of things I think you and I, like I said, we've developed and it's good to be able to share those kind of exercises with people so that they can start to think about this as well. 100%. Love it. Well, on that note, why don't we leave it there? I think we've covered a lot of ground in this episode and I think it's been really, really good. I think there's a, a lot of real good juice in there that I think people are going to be able to take away and a lot of value from it. So if you have found this valuable, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We'd love to see new subscribers on our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on some kind of audio platform, do whatever action you're capable of taking on that platform. <laughs> could be subscribe, could be leave a review. You know, there's so many Click all the buttons. ways that people can be consuming this. Click just if there's a button right now anywhere. Just a, if there's a button, <laughs> click it. That's just a that's a life motto. If you see a button, click it. Um, so, but no, that'd be that'd be amazing. Um, but of course, make sure you share this with a friend, family member, or loved one. There's probably someone if you <laughs> you might have a growth mindset, but you might know someone who needs to work on a growth mindset, and this might be an episode that could really help them. So make sure you share that with them as well. Uh, and I guess we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye.